What's up, my friends? Uh, good to be with y'all. So excited to start another year of discipleship. We are in the third week of our series called The Whole Story. In week one, Davon talked about creation and how things came into being and all of that good stuff. And then last week, my girl Karen talked about how everything got messed up. And I'm so excited that I get to do this part because this is the whole part where we talk about God's plan to make everything right again. So have you ever broken something that after you broke it, you looked at it and you were like, man, there's no way I'm gonna be able to fix this. I'm gonna get in so much trouble. So let me tell you my story of that. I was 14 years old and my parents had gone out to eat. Well, I was two weeks away from my 15th birthday and this is back when you could actually get your license at 15, right? I know all of you are gonna to have to wait till at least 16 and I'm sorry, it's just your fault for being born when you were born. However, Two weeks away from my 15th birthday and my parents leave the keys to the brand new Volvo on the counter. I'm only two weeks away from my birthday, so I see the keys. Do I go take the car out? Yes. Now, my neighborhood is basically one big circle, okay, with one entrance and one exit. So I did an entire lap around the circle. And I get back to the drive, my driveway, and I'm about to pull in and I go, well, nothing bad happened. Should we go around again? Yes, absolutely, we're going around again. Well, somehow along the second journey around my neighborhood, the speed started to go down on the car, but I thought I had the, the throttle floored, right? And so I'm like, why is, why is the speed going down? And so my first thought is, oh my gosh, the car has run out of gas, okay? Now, once you start driving cars, and I know that none of y'all are there yet, you'll understand that no, it's not gonna run out of gas inside your neighborhood just from taking one lap around, okay? Unless it's almost deadly empty, which it wasn't. I, all I had to do was look at the gas gauge and see, maybe you're just doing something wrong. But either way, here was my thought. I live on a hill and I've gotta pull in the driveway with enough momentum to get the car up the hill and coast all the way into the garage, right? So I kid you not, I took a 90 degree left turn into my driveway at 35 miles an hour. No joke, that's a true story. In fact, there were trees on either side of the driveway. <laughs> when my parents got home, the front two wheels were still off of the ground because the front bumper had run up the tree. So I get out of the car, not dead or anything, not even injured, and I'm looking and I'm like, I'm dead. Before, I just would have been in trouble because the car had run out of gas and they would have found out I had driven it. Now I've done thousands of dollars worth of damage to the car, what do I do? And it's in all of our natures to cover something up, right? So. Here was my thought. Well, what if you lay down and pretend like you're injured? And so I did that for a couple minutes. I literally laid down right next to the car. And after a few minutes pass, I go, I don't know if this is believable. So I stand up and I walk 
at least 75 feet into our garage and I pick an oil spot underneath where the car is typically parked and I lay down in the oil spot thinking that that would give more validity because you have to be injured if you're laying in a dirty spot. No, I did it intentionally, kid you not. So I tried to cover the whole thing up. True story, my parents get home, I hear the car door shut, I'm still laying down in the garage. I must have laid there for a good half an hour. And my dad walks into the garage and he goes, Trav, are you dead? And I'm like, no. He goes, you're going to wish that you were, let me assure you, right? Now, you may not have driven a car up a tree, but I'm sure at some point you've broken something that made you go, oh, this is not good. I'm going to get in trouble. And I'll bet you that your first thought was, how do I cover this up, right? Maybe it's a, your parent's lamp. Maybe it's a TV. Maybe it's a piece of furniture. Maybe it's an iPad. Maybe it's a PlayStation controller that you got mad and threw across the room. Whatever it is, you have broken something. And when you did, it was in your nature to cover that thing up because you realized that you broke it to the point where you couldn't fix it. So, how does God deal with this broken world and that brokenness inside it? How does he fix all of that, right? Because this entire thing is about God's plan to make everything that was broken right again. Well, check this out. We go to Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 12. And I'm going to read through this because it's 12 through 21, but I'm going to explain it as I go, okay? I'm not just going to sit up here and read. I don't want y'all to fall asleep out there in video land. Starting in 12, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. Okay, here's what, that, here's what they're referencing. Just as sin entered the world through Adam, and because it's a condition, it's not something that, sin isn't something that you do. Well, it's, it's something that you do, but it is a condition that you cannot escape. And that condition was literally given to all of humankind. Okay, and so that's what it's talking about there. Now, starting in verse 13, to be sure sin was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Here's what that means. If there aren't any rules that you know are being broken, then how can it be sin, right? There has to be the rules. That's, that's the sin. That's the offense. Continuing in 14, nevertheless, death, sin, reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who was a pattern of the one to come. In other words, here's what they're saying. Sin is a condition. Exactly what I said on the front end, right? Sin is a condition. Even you just breathing is sin, right? It's a condition that you're born into, that you, no matter how, what, how you perform, that you cannot escape. But check this out. But the gift is not like the trespass, for if the many died by the trespass of the one man, in other words, all people, because Adam sinned, we're all sinners, right? How much more did, did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace, Jesus, of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many. In other words, here's what we're saying in all of this. Just as sin entered the world through one man, Adam, sin left the world through one man, Jesus, right? That was God's plan to fix it all. Starting in verse 20, the law was brought in, 
In other words, the rules were given so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, <laughs> I love this, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There it is, y'all. That's the whole plan. Jesus is the plan, right? So, so what do we do with that? Do we, do we only go to Jesus like when we've really messed up? Is that when we rely on him? Or do we only go to Jesus like when we're hurting or when something's going wrong in our life and we need help with that? Like, are we just alone and, and he's just kind of there accessible? No, check this out and I'll close with this. Um, Paul Tripp writes a book or devotional rather called New Morning Mercies. And if you haven't read it, um, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. They're short, which is good for people like me and probably you. Um, but this is basically the title of this is, yes, you live in a world where evil still exists, but the one who conquered sin and death is still with you. And he closes this. Jesus doesn't send us out with a pack of principles and promises. He doesn't just guide our travels with a set of rules. No, he does so much more. He comes with us. He knows that we'll never ever make it unless he is with us in every moment of every situation, location, and relationship. He is not a rescue squad, I love this, he is not a rescue squad that leaps into action in our moment of trouble. He's there with us in trouble because he's been there with us all along. In our struggle with evil, he gives us the only gift that will help us. He gives us himself because he knows that in him, we really do find everything we need until our journey in this life has ended. He is the best gift ever. He, being Jesus, is God's plan to make it all right again. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for gosh, just grace um, that is so far beyond what we can imagine. Um, thank you for your son and hopping down into this world and into the mess. You didn't just fix it from afar. You came into the world to fix it. Thank you so, so much for that, Father God. Um, Father, I pray for groups tonight as we get into conversations about how God's plan to make everything right again through Jesus came to this earth. Um, help us engage in this conversation because it's so, 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 in fact, it's the most important thing. Um, thank you so much for this time. Um, thank you most of all for your son, and it's in his holy, precious, matchless name I pray. Amen. Y'all have a great group, guys. See you soon.